From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time for Odds and End Zones, a feature of the Fans First Sports Network. It's time to sweat it out. Here's your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, the Broncos keep winning games. They're the hottest team in the NFL. And now they are squarely in the AFC playoff picture. It's nice. It's nice. In the words of Tweeter. Uh, so we, we when we started sort of talking about this over the course of the last few weeks, it was like, well, if they do this, if they do that. And I can't remember... Uh, which game it was that we had the conversation, but essentially we said they needed to go. I think it was seven and two was where we were at. And nine games ago, so if they it was go coming seven, out of the bye. It was coming out of the bye. It was coming That's off right. of the bye, heading into the Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills. Exactly, and it was. It was if they go seven and two, finish out the season, they have a legitimate shot at a playoff spot. And I think we even said they could lose. To the Bills, who we thought they would lose to. And I don't remember who else we thought they might lose to. I think it was the Lions. Detroit. Where we were, where we were at. Yep. And and now here we are. They beat the Bills. They beat everybody else on their on their schedule up to this point. They, they beat a tough Minnesota team that was riding pretty high with Josh Dobbs coming in. That was kind of an inspirational story. They beat a tough Cleveland Browns team with a really good defense. And you can – Talk about how they were banged up. They were missing, I think they were missing Denzel Ward. Miles Garrett didn't use his left arm for part of the game. Or was it his right arm? I, can't, I think it was his left arm. Left arm was just sort of dangling for a while. You can you can talk about all this. You can talk about how Josh Allen has completely fallen off, although you mentioned he f- fell off before he ever even got on, so I'm not going to worry about that. This team wins games. The, the, bottom line, during this run, this team wins games. I, I, you know, it's, I don't know what to do here. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with my hands for those who watch Talladega Nights. So here's the thing. I said this to you last week. It is becoming clear. We have even more evidence that the Denver Broncos believe in what Sean Payton and this coaching staff is coaching, teaching, telling them. And they have the confidence that they can beat any team in the National Football League, regardless of what happens over the course of a game. It's those two things. And I think it all goes back to how the season started. They would not be in this position right now had they won one of those games against the Raiders, Commanders, or Jets. They had to lose those games to learn how to win. That put them in this position. And now they're in this position because of Sean Payton and how Sean Payton is not a favorite to win coach of the year. I do not know. I don't understand it. The odds have adjusted somewhat before this streak. He was plus 5,000. Now at most of the books, he's at plus 1600. I think he should be higher than that because this is remarkable. And now here we are heading to week 13 against the Houston Texans. Another surprise team at six and five. And I told this to you before we started recording. The Broncos now have the recipe to win every single game remaining on their schedule. If they run the football the way they did against that defense, 
the Denver Broncos absolutely manhandled the best defense in football, manhandled them, and it wasn't even close. They win every single game remaining on their schedule because that's what wins football games. It travels. The old cliche, play good defense, run the football. Now, there is a debate on whether the Broncos are actually playing good defense over this winning streak. They absolutely are. But that's the recipe. The way they played against the Cleveland Browns, they play that way against every team remaining on their schedule. They will not lose. So I, I like that you brought up the the concerns on defense, and I, th- I think there's two things to address. And and let's let's start with the first one that that we uh, agree on, and it, and it's very simple. It's the tackling. They they seem to miss tackles at times that you just you watch it and you go how how do you not wrap up there? How do you not get that guy down? And there are miss there are missed tackles that just drive me as a fan insane. And I'm not one of those people that's like, well, I could have made that tackle. No, I couldn't have. I'd have got run over. I'd be dead now. I'm not even going to go into that. But a professional football player who is paid to make those kinds of plays, they're missing tackles that should not be missed. And and that is, I think, the the one thing that, that when we have this conversation, we're going to agree on. They've got to make better tackles. And they can't allow running backs in particular, because I think it goes to stopping the run, which we'll get into a little later. They can't allow running backs to own the field and make them look foolish. You've got to get them down on the ground. Chunk plays, and I think back to the, even the Bills game. I mean, th- there were times when when you were like, whoa, James Cook just ran for another 15 yards. Oh, that was another 20-yard run. Oh, that was – and it's, it's right up the middle, and it's right through arms. It, it can't continue to happen if they're going to continue on this winning streak, if they're going to keep winning and they're going to go and make the playoffs, the tackling has to get better. And I'm not a coach. I don't know what you do to make tackling better necessarily. I don't know what Vance Joseph does or Sean Payton does in that situation, but they better figure it out. And that ties into my biggest, the next biggest thing for me is the run defense. I think that is a concern because if you look over the course of this winning streak, they do give up big chunks in the running game. Yeah. Because of the missed tackling, because of the fact that they get pushed off the line of scrimmage, that is another legitimate concern for me with this defense. Those are the two big ones right now, at least for me when it comes to this Broncos defense. And is it sustainable with the way they're playing? Yeah. And and I think when you talk about sustainability, that takes us to the the conversation that uh, that I think has to be had. It's it's. I don't want to call it the elephant in the room because I don't think it's an elephant necessarily, but I do think it's a concern. It's another one of those just basic concerns when you start to talk about this team. And the the thing that I get nervous about, a thing that I'm worried about is is the turnovers. When you talk about sustainability and and being able to continue, turnovers feel like. And maybe I'm just being overly like concerned about stuff. They feel like something that could dry up. The The big thing with this defense over the course of this winning streak has been their ability to turn the football over, to give the offense stolen chances. And I, and I love that idea of calling them stolen chances because that's what they are. 
it's an opportunity that should have been the other team's opportunity to score that the defense turns around and steals for the offense. And usually that stolen opportunity is in plus territory. It's in a spot where the offense doesn't have a long field. And so you have the ability to go down and score a little bit easier. You're almost guaranteed a field goal, whatever, or you're negating what would have been a field goal for the, your opponents. Turnovers are awesome. And the more turnovers you have, the better you're going to be. That is something that is obvious in the NFL. But again, I go back to the concern that this is something that could dry up. Turnovers could go away. Something can happen. Teams can figure it out. Whatever it may be, I I get nervous about turnovers because turnovers are things that when they're happening and they happen in bunches, it's going to be a good thing for your team. When they stop happening, can you respond and still get points on the board and still be effective without forcing turnovers? So I think there's two things, at least for me. I do think turnovers are sustainable because you see it. And Sean Payton said this. I don't remember what game it was after. Mike Kliss asked him about it. And he kind of shot it down like, well, I had multiple teams in New Orleans that were plus 30. Maybe they do run up. But when you're a team that creates turnovers, you create turnovers. I think the big thing is Russell Wilson and the offense aren't turning it over. As long as it's even, you're not giving them any other opportunities. So you're not, there's not any give and take. So that's where, I think that's where the Broncos, it is sustainable. The other aspect, you mentioned this before we started recording, special teams. The return game by Marvin Mims has been incredible. It's, I believe it's the top in the National Football League. That's how you overcome not getting turnovers. The third way, take advantage of the red zone. And the Broncos did that on Sunday against the Browns where they were three for five. That's how you overcome not getting turnovers, not turning it over special teams scoring in the red zone. All three of those boxes have been checked at least against the Cleveland Browns. But I do think, I do think turnovers, it's a mindset just like tackling. When you create turnovers, you're going to create turnovers because you just know at some point someone is going to make a play and you're going to force the offense because I guarantee you the focus for the Texans offense this week, we can't turn it over. Well, it's already in their heads now. It's already a focus. Oh, I have to protect the ball. It's already taking them away from focusing on the game plan, focusing on things that they can be successful with. The Broncos have already won because now it's taking them away from doing the things that will allow them to win the game instead of not helping them lose the game. So I, it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the course of the season. I think it would be great for the tackling to get better and the run defense to get better. Those, those are the, And those are really the two areas of, of major concern. And, and if you flip it and you start to look at the offense, and we, we didn't really talk about the offense before we, we jumped on to record, but we, we kind of got into some other things. One of the things I did want to talk about with this offense before we, we go any further is the fact that, and you talked about the team buying into Sean Payton and what Sean Payton wants to do and his, his stamp on this team is, is very important. The player that I think has become the most important in that buy-in process 
is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has turned himself into the perfect game manager. Russell Wilson has become exactly what Sean Payton wants him to be. Don't screw up. Run the ball first and second down. I'm fine with that or the short plays or whatever. And then use your ability to make smart decisions on third down to keep drives going or to prevent bad things from happening. And we see it, like you said, in the red zone. We see it with these uh, you know, these sort of plays that Russell Wilson makes with his legs. The, the, the fact that he can roll out and uh, find his receivers in, in spots. Generally, it's been Cortland Sutton, but the, the Adam Troutman touchdown, which was incredible. Great body control on his part, as uh, you may have heard the announcers talk about the way he got himself uh, in the end zone and didn't go over the line and become out of bounds. All, all of those things. That comes from Russell Wilson managing the game, managing the game, managing the game, and then, oh, got to make a play. And he made a play. He used his legs. He got himself in a position. He put a ball in the place where only his receiver could catch it. They make the right play. You get somebody stepping up like Troutman did, like Cortland Sutton has. Incredible. I did notice. I, I was wondering if you noticed this. Um, there was a throw to Cortland Sutton in the back back of the end zone. He missed the ball. He didn't catch it. He should have caught it, in my opinion. He still got his feet inbounds. I really like Cortland Sutton, and I know that we we may have drifted away from him a little bit because of the struggles in Denver, but, man, it's been fun to watch him play these last few weeks. This, he's just been so perfect, so much, and and that was that was a drop that, that he wouldn't normally drop. He would usually catch that, but his feet got down. You knew that was going to be a touchdown if he, if he was able to get the ball in his hands, and Troutman with that touchdown, again, that's just – those are the types of things that you want from Russell Wilson in this offense. Hand the ball off to Javante Williams. Get, get the ball to your to your playmakers. Let them do their thing. But once you get into the red zone, make something happen. That's why he doesn't throw for 500 yards. That's why he's throwing for 150 yards and two touchdowns every game. If you would have told me after week 12, Russell Wilson would have 20 touchdowns to four interceptions, I wouldn't have believed you. But that's his stat line. It's the best touchdown to interception ratio in the National Football League. And I think he can get even better because we've talked about this. He's still getting comfortable with Sean Payton. He's still getting comfortable with this offense. We haven't seen the deep shots. They haven't needed them. I think it would be nice to have them throw a couple up to Marvin Mims. We saw it against the commanders in week two. So there's that element that hasn't been added yet that is yet to come. We saw a little bit of Russ's moon ball to Cortland Sutton and a couple of others on Sunday against the Browns. I think it's coming. To me, the biggest element of why the Broncos offense is being successful right now on top of Russell Wilson is the dominating play of the offensive line. This offensive line has gone from a trouble area to being one of the best in the National Football League. And it is across the board, all five guys. Garrett Bowles just shut down the consensus favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. I don't care if he had an, a, a, an arm in a sling or not. Part of me wonders if it was because he was getting his ass kicked all week or all game and he was humbled because he pretty much gave up at the end of the game. Now, I'm not... We'll see what happens since he's day-to-day -day now. 
he got his ass kicked by Garrett Bowles. He took a whooping. He took a whooping for sure. Right. I, I, I like Miles Garrett. I don't have a problem with Miles Garrett. I, 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 I'm not going to say anything bad about him. You could tell he was hurting. I will I'll give him that. You could tell by the way he was moving. He wasn't using his left arm as much. That that definitely hurt him. But that's not how it started. Even when he had it, even when he had it, he, he was still winning. getting his ass kicked yep, by Garrett Bowles. Hey, so amen right. to Garrett Bowles. I, I think you're right. Ben and, Powers, yeah, phenomenal. Ben Powers needs to get some love here because he started the season in a rough way. Not a good offensive lineman at the start of the season, but he's, they're starting to figure it out. It's funny when you when you hear people talk about offensive line. It's I, I was having a conversation earlier today about the Broncos' offensive line in the late '90s, right? Your your Tom Nalen led offensive line. Then I mentioned him on purpose. Uh, it's a dance, and and the footwork has to be right, and you have to move together, and you have to make it. No matter which style of offensive line you're playing, whether it be zone blocking or whatever, and it takes a while for offensive linemen to become comfortable with each other. And you're starting to see that comfortability. I still have some questions and concerns about Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, he's still, young, he was phenomenal, but he, he was but the he best played, center in the league on Sunday. I was going to say, but he played, he was incredibly the best well. Yes. He played incredibly well on Sunday. And those concerns are starting to melt away a little bit. And we're starting to feel much more comfortable and you know how hard it is for me to feel comfortable as a fan, much more comfortable with what this team is becoming. Mike McGlinchey had a, had a tough, had a rough start to the season. He now has been phenomenal over the last couple of games. And I think the best guard in football right now is Quinn Meniers. That's nice. I like that. Quinn Meniers. So is I, I think the belly, I, I think it's all we, so we mentioned the defense. We mentioned the special teams. We mentioned the offense. When was the last time a Broncos team consistently played, consistently played complimentary football uh, like this at this level? I, I can tell you when it was. It was 2013. That 2013 team that went to the Super Bowl and lost, their defense was incredible. They had a great offensive line. They had uh, really good special teams play. That that team was an awesome team all around. They got to the Super Bowl. They were banged up. They were missing their best defensive player. They were missing one of their best offensive linemen. They were they and they got beat. They got they got their butts handed to them. But up until then, they were clearly the best team in the NFL. I'm not saying that this team right now, that this iteration of the Broncos is as good as that iteration. That was one of the best football teams I've ever seen. But when we talk about how good all aspects of the field are, you're absolutely right. This is, it's been, it, to me, it's been that long. 2015, they weren't that good on all sides. They were terrible on offense. The defense carried them. They won the Super Bowl because of it. 2013, that's the last time I remember them being this good in all phases. And as I've said, they can continue to get better, especially on offense, because there are still some elements here. If Greg Dulcich can ever get his hamstring right, there's your over-the-middle threat, a la Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. Greg Dulcich can absolutely be that if he can ever get his hamstring right. 
I just, what Sean Payton has done has been phenomenal. He needs to be credited with all of this because I don't think any of the other coaches who were up to be hired, whether it was Jim Harbaugh or the guy that I said I would not mention anymore, there's one of the one of the guys that some in Broncos country wanted was just fired by the Panthers. There is not a head coach. I don't think the guy down in, in Houston, D'Amico Ryans, for as good as he's been in Houston, I don't think he could have done this. What Sean Payton has been has done and is doing is incredible. It's uh it's been fun to watch. I'm I'm glad you brought up D'Amico Ryans because the one thing that we do have to talk about is the fact that the team that the Broncos are about to play, having just lost to the Jaguars, I will I will make mention of that. Up until losing to the Jaguars, they were one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And they've got a quarterback in CJ Stroud who uh to my mind is playing incredibly well. I don't know what he is exactly, and I, I will preface it by saying that I don't know what he can become. I know that he's playing really well as a quarterback, as a rookie quarterback. I don't see how he is not your rookie of the year at this point. Offensive rookie of the year, obviously. But this is going to be, surprisingly, I think, surprisingly, this is going to be the test that we have been expecting for the Broncos. The, the Bills was a test. The Vikings, I'm not saying they weren't tests, but this is the surprising test. This is the one where when we did that look at, at the Broncos coming out of the bye and we said, okay, if they can go 7-2, and two, this was an obvious win. This was one where we were like, that's a win. We just checked it off. That's a win. And we looked at the Bills was a loss. Nope, that ended up being a win. We talked about the Lions potentially being a loss. I think that when we get to that, we'll have a conversation about whether or not we still agree with that. But I look at this Houston team now as they get ready to head down to Houston. And I, and I go, well, in my mind, when we did this to start, that was a win. And I'm not saying it's not a win now, but I'm not just checking it off. I'm not lo- overlooking it. And I, I hope the Broncos aren't as well. I hope the Broncos recognize. Oh, they won't. The, I mean, that 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 is always the concern. But I think the, the, the Texans have played themselves into a similar position that the Broncos have played themselves into. The perennially overlooked, at least over the course of the last few seasons, to now the, oh, we have to pay attention to this. It's I, I think it's going to make for a great game on Sunday. It's it's why the NFL flexed them into the early game, not the Cleveland game. As I texted you and was like, I, I thought they flexed the game, and you're like, no, that's that's Houston. I was like, God, the holiday season really got to me. So I, I was I was all kinds of confused. But there is a reason you flex this game to the early early slot, and it's because it's going to be a heck of a game. Well, the main reason is because the Eagles are playing the 49ers. So the NFL did not want any competition for that game. So, yes, also, also the that... game, the Broncos-Texans is going to be a phenomenal game, but that wasn't the main reason it got flexed. Sure, fine. Whatever. What's Just interesting, take it away from me. What's fascinating about this is the spread. As we're a betting show, we don't typically focus a lot on the betting but well yeah the texans are a three and a half point favorite right now at DraftKings. a three and a half point favorite for two six and five teams with one team on a five game winning streak 
that beat the best teams in the AFC. Like I told you, they haven't exactly been beating paper tigers here. They've been beating very good teams. Oh, and by the way, the team that started this winning streak just went into Detroit and walloped the Lions on Thanksgiving. So I don't, I get it. I get it. But three and a half, the Broncos were a two and a half point favorite. And I think it dipped down to even one at one point over the Browns on Sunday. I think the Broncos would be a favorite at home if this game were in Denver. But I, to me, that's the, that's my bet of the game right there is the three and a half spread. There's no way the Texans are beating the Broncos by over three points. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch, and it, it does sort of come back to, uh, you know, what the Broncos have to do to win this game. So I say we just jump right into our keys to the game, and mine was as it was uh, against, I think every team for the last several weeks, but definitely against the Browns, stop the run, and that goes back to what you talked about earlier in the show. Tackling is important; you have to tackle, and. While I know that C.J. Stroud is on what you might call a little bit of a heater and they've been playing really well, you still want to make the quarterback one-dimensional. You still want to force the quarterback into a situation where the defense can pin their ears back and, and just go after him, especially a young quarterback. Stopping the run is the key to that, and so it continues to be my key to the game because it continues to be the thing that I think the defense has to do to ensure that they can get a victory. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that for another week and, and probably for just just mark me down the rest of the year. Stop the run. For me, it's run the football. I mentioned it earlier. If the Broncos play the way they did against Cleveland, they will not lose the rest of this season. Run the football. The Broncos had a, over 160 yards rushing against the best defense in football. Run the football and continue to be efficient on third down and in the red zone. Because that will overcome, if the, if the turnovers dry up, that's how you overcome it. You're efficient on third down, you keep drives alive, and you finish them with touchdowns. So to me, it's running the football. And then on defense, along your lines, limit the big plays. Do not allow C.J. Stroud to make deep throws to his receivers. And then pressure him consistently. It's cliche, but that going back to any quarterback who's played, Dan Marino, before that, Fran Tarkenton, Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann. Pressure them. Pressure them Otto consistently. Graham. <laughs> Sid Luckman. Probably. Pressure them. Pressure them. Put, got to put pressure on him. I like it. All right, we got uh, any players to watch? Let's, let's We'll go defense to start since you were just talking about it. Who's your player to watch on defense? Zach Allen. Ooh, I like that one. I, I don't think we've given him enough praise because he has been incredible. And the guy he replaced has allowed us to forget about Dre. Oh, look at you. Nicely done. I like it. Uh, I'm not going to be as fancy. I'm going to go with PJ Locke. Uh, Locke was at the center of, of some controversy. We're not going to talk about the the whole tackling controversy for the Broncos. But what I will say is the, the hard hitting, the, uh, the ability to make the middle of the field scary, the ability to fill in for 
Kareem Jackson while he's gone. And I think, quite frankly, even play a little bit better than Kareem Jackson at times has been huge. And so for me, P.J. Locke uh, has been on a journey with this team. When I, I remember, I, I think I wrote about him as a uh, a player. You know, we do our 90 and 90 roster review during the, the preseason. I think it was three years ago now I wrote about him. I was like, well, maybe he makes team, maybe he doesn't make that. I don't know. And now here he is laying the wood and and really making a huge impact. And so to me, that's kind of where stopping the run is huge, but you also have to take away the weapons that C.J. Stroud has, like your Tank Dells of the world. And a scary a scary safety can do that for you. So he's my player to watch on defense. Uh, offense, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take the floor on that one as well. I'm going to go to the offensive line. I, I mean – I've been impressed with them and we have been two of the hardest guys on Garrett Bowles. Yes, we have. The fact that he just did what he did against the consensus favorite to win defensive player of the year. Even some people saying he should be in the MVP conversation, which he should. Miles Garrett did nothing because of Garrett Bowles. You want to have buy-in to a team and you want to have a confidence it starts up front knowing that you can dominate teams the way the Broncos just did to that front in Cleveland. And here's, I just had a topic that came into my mind that we can get into after you get your player to watch, but that offensive line, the way and the way that Javante Williams and Samaj P Ryan run They are violent runners who do not go down. That's a mindset. That's an attitude. This is a physical football team. So you actually mentioned the guy I was going to bring up, and it was going to be Samaj P. Ryan. I can switch it. I'm fine with that. Uh, But watching him take over in, like, the fourth quarter for the last couple weeks and and just being, the like you said, the guy who just – I mean, he just is – he refuses to be tackled. And you couple that with Javante Williams, who is is just like that. Uh, it's got to be hard to play this particular running team because you just know as a defensive player, yeah, you're you're probably going to make the tackle, but it's going to be about four yards past where you thought you were going to make it, and it's going to hurt. And that's good. It's going to hurt. You're gonna you're gonna pay the price for making those tackles. So uh, I will switch a little bit, and I'm gonna actually go uh, with Cortland Sutton. Who just I just have I, we talked about him earlier. I just have enjoyed watching him play, and I want to continue to enjoy watching him play. And so for this particular one, I'm just gonna say, you know what? Just watch and enjoy. He's gonna snag a ball in an important situation. He's gonna it's gonna draw a pass interference at some point where you're gonna be like, yeah, we needed that first down, something like that. And just enjoy it, enjoy it, and don't be don't be jaded about our wide receivers. I I, I have a tendency to sort of drift back to the the jaded sort of thought process behind how people felt about Demarius Thomas. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it to Jerry Judy. I don't want to do it to Cortland Sutton. I've done it in the past. I'm owning that and saying that I am someone who has been jaded about. I'm trying not to be jaded. And so I'm just going to enjoy it. Just gonna, and, and I'm sure later I'll be jaded. Don't worry. I'll, I'll go back to it. Don't worry. But I'm going to try and just enjoy it. And so, yeah, just watch Cortland Sutton after you watch – Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan run over some people and make them feel like they made a mistake in even getting dressed in the morning because that's what they do as well. Uh, you got a score prediction for me? Before we get into that, sure, I yeah. did want to mention 
tied into all of that on offense is the reads that Russell Wilson is making at the line of scrimmage. That's another element that some of a friend of the show, Nick Kendall, who does his own show on MH with mile high huddle and, and then does some stuff with them. Does good work. He pointed this out. The reads that Russell Wilson made at the line of scrimmage against the Browns is the best that he's made in Denver. Whether it was the pizza pizza audible that he made or what he what he did at the line of scrimmage in diagnosing what the Cleveland defense was doing and getting the offense into the right play, that's a guy who's getting comfortable with Sean Payton's offense. And that's where it's going to start going to the next level. You're going to start seeing the moon balls from Russ. Those like legitimately moon balls. Like he, no one throws the moon ball better than Russell Wilson. And I would argue no one throws the deep ball better than Russell Wilson. That's the next element. And I would love to see it on Sunday against the Texans. My score prediction, Broncos go on the road. I think there's going to be a lot of Broncos fans at that stadium on Sunday. Broncos 2017. Ooh, okay. All right. I like that. I do like that you brought up Russell Wilson and his his ability to control the line and make make good adjustments. We kind of talked about that. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, and it, you're right. This it, this week in particular against the the Cleveland Browns was huge. Uh, just to sort of jump in on that. But now back to my score prediction. We're close. Um, I have I have the Broncos winning as well. 24-18. 24-18. I don't know where I got eighteen from. It felt like a is that another number. scoregami? I don't know, but I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that the Broncos ended up with a scoregami all because of a, a pointless safety. Which I wonder did did that safety screw anybody up on the over under? I don't think it did. I think at that point it was our it already no. hit the over, so it wasn't a big deal. But every once in a while, you get a play like that, and you go. Well, wait a minute. You didn't need that, and now I lose. <laughs> Actually, the total for that game was 43, so it still didn't hit at 41. Oh, there you go. There you go. I th- so I think that's why. And I didn't impact the, it didn't impact the spread at all. So it was the one thing I wanted to mention to you. Ways. To wrap up the whole Broncos-Texans thing, I think there's an element here that I think we've hinted at. The fourth element of a football game. We know about the three of offense, defense, special teams, coaching. I think one of the reasons that Kevin Stefanski did what he did with his play calls on offense that had Mark Sanchez pulling his hair out is because of the guy on the opposite sideline. Coaches now know they have to match Sean Payton at every level because that's how good Sean Payton is. And I think that's an element to keep in mind as we go forward the rest of the season because he is going to be by far the best coach against any of the teams they face coming down the stretch. You're going to tell me that Brandon Staley can match Sean Payton? Hopefully no. Dean Spanos and the Chargers keep Brandon Staley as long as possible. I think he's a great Dan coach. Campbell, Dan Campbell, remarkable coach. Who did he learn from? Sean Payton. It's, I mean, it's it's coaching trees somewhat matter kind of sometimes not always not always right look at bill belichick's coaching tree garbage look but at mike shanahan's coaching mike shanahan's tree. coaching tree owns the league phenomenal so 
it is interesting to know. I guess, you know, maybe maybe Mike Shanahan's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Maybe someday. That's, oh, maybe. That's a whole other argument that, that people have that I think is ridiculous. <laughs> Should we do our whip around the league? Is it time? I think it is. All and right. before we do the AFC West, I think there's an interesting way to look at the remaining the remaining schedule. The teams in the playoff hunt. I think we can... I think we both agree Pittsburgh is pretty much a lock based on their schedule. Yep. I mean, they have the freaking Cardinals in Pittsburgh this must, week. Must be nice. That's a win. They have the Bengals without Joe Burrow. That's must a win. Nice. So the Steelers are pretty much a lock to win the playoffs. Now you get the Browns, Colts, Texans. The Browns go on the road to play LA. I think the Rams win that game. The Colts are now without Jonathan Taylor. They go on the road to play Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, who they always struggle against. And then the Texans, who, by the way, play both the Browns and the Colts after they play the Broncos this week. The I, the way that the, the rest of the season is playing out as far as the playoff picture and, and how teams are going to get in it is really falling into place. And not to make the joke that has become cliche, but the scriptwriters, I think, have done a pretty good job at the NFL uh, up to this point. Yes, there's been some some misses here and there, but for the most part, this has been a pretty fun season to watch. And you're seeing it right now. The games that you just mentioned and the impact that they have on the playoff picture and how it will impact next week's playoff picture and the next week's playoff picture, those are all crazy important and, and I think some going to be uh, something to pay attention to for sure. Um Another game I, I sort of wanted to talk about. I don't know how if I want to talk about this. It's it's Cowboys Seahawks on Thursday night. Geno Smith gets nothing for his you know pre production meeting uh, treatment that he was getting, while Russell Wilson gets murdered for spinning around in a circle on the field. Both are obnoxious, but we're only going to make fun of Russell Wilson. I I I I really can't root for Geno Smith right now. But I hate the Cowboys. I need to know what to do. Go for my Dak Prescott MVP bet. Sure, I could do that. Oh, by the way, wouldn't it be nice if the Seahawks had a quarterback? Hmm. They'd probably be really good. Can we talk about how petty the bitch pigeons are being? Before the before the, the Thanksgiving game against the 49ers, the last time the Seahawks played on Thursday on, on a Thanksgiving game, Russell Wilson was the quarterback. They tweet out a photo of the postgame eating the turkey. And they cropped him out of the photo. The best quarterback to ever play for your franchise, and you're gonna be that petty. For now on. They are the rainy city bitch pigeons whenever I talk about them. Well, they've they've kind of been that for a long time for you, and so I understand. Just a continuation of it. I, I appreciate that, and I, I think consistency is good and, and, is, and is warranted here. I, I totally agree with you. Um, as far as, as – Game the of the rest, week, though. Yeah. yeah. Game of the week, period, end of discussion, 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. Huge. Huge. Like this is an NFC Championship rematch. It is a, uh, it is a per- perhaps a preview. The 49ers are an. Uh, I don't even know how to say. The 49ers a are an incredible team. 
They had their lull. Their lull is over. They're now back to being a machine, as you said. And the Eagles just keep winning. They they tried so hard to lose to the Bills and still somehow found a way to win that game. And I don't know if you saw the video of Jalen Hurts and Jason Kelsey when uh, Jake Elliott kicks the field goal to put them into overtime. No celebration. No excitement. They almost looked dejected and just were like, well, got to go back to work. And they went out and win. I, I, this Eagles team is 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 really good. Is really, really good. And this 49ers team is really, really good. And, and I can't wait to watch this game. And I'm so glad they flexed the Broncos out of this time slot. It's going to be really interesting because of what the 49ers did to the Cowboys. They're going to have that same mindset. Like, and, and keep in mind, this 49ers defense, that front is insane. And they traded for Chase Young. <laughs> like, you, you're pairing him with Nick Bosa and the guys that they have in the middle and probably the best linebacker in football. And I think the, the, the question mark would be the secondary. I think I think that's the biggest question mark for the 49ers. Offense, defense, whatever. But this 49ers team, with what happened in the NFC title game, in that field, in the NFC championship game, this 49ers team is going to come in like they did against the Cowboys. And it's going to be a fun game to watch. 